So why did he need a uh, black director? Could a white director not have? It's not color. It's culture. S explain the difference, because I think we're, we're Steven in a space Spielberg right now. did Schindler's List. Mm -hmm. Martin Scorsese did Goodfellas, right? Steven Spielberg could direct Goodfellas. Martin Scorsese probably could have done a good job with Schindler's List, but they're cultural differences. I know, you know, we all know what. It is what a hot comb hits your hair on a Sunday morning, what it smells like. Huh? That's a cultural difference, not just a color difference. Right. So it's the culture. What's going on, good people? Rich here. School in the building. What's happening? <laughs> man, when did you start that? <laughs> I don't know, man. Just, you know. Shit. I think I started because uh, we did ATL, man. What's happening? <laughs> Hey man, we back at it again with another episode of the Culture Garden Podcast. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Shout out to Ray P. What's up, Ray? Yeah, man, she a little bit under the weather right now, so we holding it down without her for the moment. But um, she'll be back on the next episode, so hopefully Ray P's feeling better soon. Uh, we appreciate everybody for tuning in to another week of the Culture Garden Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It means the world to us. Uh, before we get started with today's episode. I um, just want to take some time real quick to send some love to um, a close like or family friend of ours, yes. um, me and school, man, a Kenamore family. Um, yes. Don't want to say much about it, but just, you know, send some love, some prayers to him. Yes, we um, love y'all. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Sure. Man. Like literally known them since we were kids. Mm -hmm. You know, we always talk about 85, 85. They grew up right down the street, yep. went to school with them since Same elementary. Same old sunlight. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But um, just want to send some love and some light their way. So. Um, think about y'all that just didn't seem right to just sit here and press record and you know have fun talk about movies without you know acknowledging some people. Um, with that being said, we do have we got y'all, Rachel and myself, just wrapped up your honor part 20, the end of season two that is uploaded right now. Check it out, give us your thoughts because there might be a season three, there might not. <laughs> You know, they did their thing with it. You know, I got, yeah. got a couple little gripes with it, but other than that, it was cool. I uh, can't complain at all. But that is our television feed. We got y'all. Um, like I said, we just wrapped up Your Honor. We did Harlem on there as well. So that's going to be something we're using all of 2023. Um, so please check us out there. Make sure you subscribe. And next week, um, we are going to be taking the week off. So we will not have an episode next week. We'll probably post mm -hmm. a link to one of our past episodes, former episodes, and then we'll be back. The beginning of April was something fresh for you, but you know, we just need a little bit of time to recharge the batteries. Um, when you record as much as we do, um, sometimes it's good just to make sure everybody focus and lock in, and yeah. take a week off to relax. So, just want to make sure everybody's aware of that going in. Don't be screaming, yelling, Where's the episode? <laughs> we ain't got one next week. Um, but perfect time to check out one you haven't listened to yet. That's a fact. Um, all right, today we're continuing request month. So, real quick, I just want to shout out Queen Cha Cha. What's up, Queen Cha Cha? She definitely uh showed some love and she was doing a culture uh experience podcast uh related to MJ. And if you don't know, I'm a diehard Michael Jackson fan. That's my guy. So I just want to send her some love because she definitely sent the culture guard some love. So yeah. Queen Cha Cha, what's up, baby? Yeah, Queen Cha Cha, we appreciate you. Yes. I took a listen. Definitely was geek. That was that yeah. was real cool. So yeah. we thank you, thank you. Yes. Um, you know the name of the podcast? Okay, our apologies, man. We'll try to make sure we put it in the description. So yes. I head. definitely share it on my Twitter. Man. Yeah, I'm about to say, I know yeah. it's something with like the biopic of Michael Jackson, something yeah. of that nature. Yeah. I don't want to mess it up, so we'll just make sure we put it in the uh, description overall. But shout out to Queen Cha Cha. Um, so today we're continuing request month, um, requested by Demario, man, my guy Hughes. What's up, fool? Yeah, man, he <laughs> hit us up with a few requests, but this is the first one we, we're getting to New Jersey Drive. Mm -hmm. um, he requested this specifically, um, a forgotten hood film, and I'm looking forward to getting into it because I think that I know we're going to have some different opinions on it. Yeah. And um, it's interesting. It's a fascinating film, especially when you know the history behind it. Okay. Um, so we'll get into all of it. The synopsis, Jason and Midget. Let me start by saying this real quick. Let me pause. All right. I know that term is not politically correct in yeah. 2023. Mm -hmm. It's been banned and outlawed for a few years. That is the name of one of these main characters. Yes. Going to refer to him as that. No offense. Hopefully nobody's listening is taking offense. Um, also meant to say, if you haven't seen the film, there will be spoilers as well as explicit content. But 
Um, yeah, just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. So if you hear us saying that repeatedly, that's because, yes, once that's, again, that's, that's character's name. name. Yes. But Jason and Midget are two young black teenagers living in Newark, New Jersey, the unofficial car theft capital of the world. Their favorite pastime is that of everybody in their neighborhood, stealing cars and joyriding. The trouble starts when they steal a police car and the cops launch a violent offensive attack that involves beating and even shooting suspects. That is the synopsis of this film. Get into some stats real quick. Released April 19th, 1995. How long was it in the theaters? Um, 16 weeks. 36 weeks. Damn. 255 days. You got to remember, man, these older yeah, movies. Yeah, you might as well yeah, start in the yeah, 30s. Yeah, I guess so. You know? My goodness. That's when people actually went to the theaters on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. Dollar Show, all that, man. 255 days, 36 weeks. Directed by Nick Gomez. This was his second film. He uh, directed Laws of Gravity first like a $38,000 budget, mm. and this was his second film. Okay. Um, also a, a big TV director, a lot of television okay. shows. He's directed episodes of Oz, um, all types of stuff. Yeah. Like, and to direct a movie with thirty-eight grand is amazing. Yeah, that's pretty much something you're doing. If, if it's a, in, equivalent to today's time, you would use it on your iPhone. Yeah. Like, yeah. Almost the same quality in a sense, but yeah, that's insane. Um, It was also written by Nick Gomez and Michael Marriott. Spike Lee is an executive producer. It was Spike Lee's birthday yesterday, um, which was Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. We're recording this on a Tuesday. So Monday was Spike Lee's birthday. Shout out to Shelton Jackson Lee. Yes. Happy birthday to a GOAT. Yes. Had a budget of an estimated $5 million, depending on who you ask. We'll talk about that a little later. Um, it made $3.56 million worldwide, $1.3 million opening weekend. So even though it did have good reviews, it did not. It was, excuse me, it was not a box office success. Um, and currently, it is not streaming anywhere. If you want to watch the film, you either have to own it or you can rent it on, you know, Prime Video, mm-hmm. Voodoo, um, anywhere where you rent movies, YouTube, right. whatever the case is. Gotcha. Um, so you can check it out there. Cast: Sharon Corley as Jason Petty, Gabriel Cassius as Midget, Saul Stein as Roscoe, Gwen McGee as Renee Petty, Andre Moore as Richie, Donald Faison as Tiny Dime. Michelle Morgan as Kareem, and we have an appearance by the late great Heavy D. Other mm-hmm. actors are in there as well, but that's kind of your main your main core. Yes. Um, as far as awards go, it had three nominate three nominations, including the 1995 Sundance Film Festival and 96 Film Independent Spirit Awards. So nominated, but didn't win anything. And we can get into the origin right now. So I told you the film was like a little bit. Pretty much Nick Gomez says, this isn't the film that I agreed to make, right. uh, for lack of better terms. Okay. Um, so he had mixed feelings about the film when it came out. Like I said earlier, it received favorable reviews, but it's not the film he wanted to make. Um, there's a story in the Washington Post where I got a lot of this information. Okay, gotcha. So in 1993, Spike Lee invited Gomez. This is after Laws of Gravity. Um, which got a lot of great reviews just for the kind of dialogue. And it was similar to what you read about Quentin Tarantino yeah. when Reservoir Dolls came out, just mm-hmm. to kind of the way what stood out about that film is the the talks and the dialogue and that everyday conversation yeah. that movies didn't really have. One famous scene in Reservoir Dogs was the um, restaurant scene at the beginning yeah. where they're talking about tipping. tipping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just that kind of conversation you didn't see. Why? Why would a studio make a, a scene like yeah. that and put it in a movie yeah. that was unheard of? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same direction Gomez took uh, with his first film. And then even carrying on to this, you can see the authenticity come through, even yeah. the language. Oh, um, yeah. It was very, he dove into the culture and everything felt authentic. That was one big thing that everybody says about this film. Yeah. It feels real. Um, but he wrote a first draft after, you know, Spike wanted to make a movie with Universal. He said, cool. He wrote a first draft and he described that story as a personal odyssey of a black teenager. It was supposed to dive into the criminal justice system, courts, probation officers, social workers, school and police, everything. He was really trying to go into that avenue. Um, and Spike liked the film. There was supposed to be a budget of $8 million. And all right, cool. Let's get on with it. Um, so that's why I said, depending on who you ask, and we'll have another story on that. Once he got the bread, he said Universal was pretty much buttoned in and, and, and taking away any kind of last word that he had. Um, they pretty much wanted to stay directly on the action. Let's give us the car, stealing cars, give us the chases, give us all yeah. that, you know, because that's what we want. We don't want anything that's not really relevant to that. So all that extra stuff that he wanted to dive in, yeah. Um, and they kinda, yeah, they took it away. And they mm-hmm. even dropped the budget, according to Gomez, down from $8 million to $5 million. Um, and he said, that's when I should have left. I should have left this project, yeah. but I've been spending five months on this screenplay. 
And to leave a project, you have to pretty much start over somewhere else. Yeah. You have to pitch it to someone, get them to agree to it, run into the idea of them cutting the same things or maybe even more. So yeah. it's really a process. Yeah. Um, he did say he taught them some things. You know, when I make a movie, I want to make sure that whoever I'm doing it with, they know what they're getting. Yeah. Like I get final say, almost mm-hmm. like Billy Walsh and Entourage. Yes. Um, if anybody's seeing Entourage, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, but things like that. Uh, but Universal came out and said, look, we always said we was gonna give them six million dollars. We gave them six million. Matter of fact, we're proud of what we're proud of the work that Nick did and his yeah. crew to make sure that this film got done under budget. So they took the high road, but who of knows? Course. Believe who you want to believe as far as the budget. Um, they shot the film in 39 days, and Gomez admits that he could have done a better job. So this might be a gripe of yours. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it in a, uh, in a while, in a second, but. He could have done a better job of giving like some more underlying stories. Like, yes. why are these kids so fascinated with stealing cars? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on in their home lives to kind of drive this behavior? Because it kind of seems aimless if you yes. don't have any of that information. Yep. Um, but he says part of that was, hey, they cut the budget. I had mm-hmm. some stuff written for that, but they cut it. Okay. Um, the narration also wasn't in the original plans. But since they changed the movie, he wanted that narration because okay. it kind of guided what was going on. You have to think mm-hmm. as a director... I have a whole story in my head and I expect some things to get cut, but I don't expect a completely different movie. So he added some narration to kind of fill in some of the gaps for those that didn't make sense. Um, And also another thing with the, with the budget, not the budget, excuse me, the studio is the kids, the people in this movie, the characters are supposed to be 14, 15 years old. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that's in my things that bother me. Yeah. Um, and the studio didn't want to upplay anybody. They didn't want to upplay their ages. So they just made these grown men pretty much still be 15, 15. years yeah. old in the yeah. film. Yeah. And also on top of that, why do you think that was an issue? Getting young kids. They expensive. Not that not they're expensive. They are um, child labor laws. Okay. Yeah. You, know, you can only work mm-hmm. six hours a day. If you were mm-hmm. a kid, and they had, like I said, 39 days to shoot this. Yeah. There was no way they can get a whole cast of kids yeah. and film this in 39 days with everything right. that they wanted. Um, so that was another reason why they couldn't do it. Um, Nick himself, the director, he grew up in Boston. And he was mentioning, hey, like, stealing cars, especially in the 80s and 90s, was like a pastime. Yeah. It was really no different than, like, anything else. It was much safer than, um, you know, gangbanging, Right, selling drugs, anything like that. Right. He he made it sound like it's it's no big deal. It's like stealing candy at the candy jar. Yes, it's a small yes. thing. Like every kid steals cars. It was kind of that thing. And he said white kids in Boston did. Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't really even a black white thing. That was just kind of what we did. And that's one of my gripes. Like you said, my one of my gripes is they kept doing it, and it's to the point where I didn't understand why they kept doing it. You I got know you. What I, mean? I got like, you. Sheesh. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's never disowned the film. And he okay. says he stands by, you know, he, he understands that it's, hey, it's my film, it's my yes. idea. Um, True director. Yeah. <laughs> for better or for worse, yes. I stand by all the compromises that were made. He publicly has bashed this film as far mm-hmm. as, like, Universal kind of played me, but he still stands by it. So, like you said, true director. Yep. Um, so, that's kind of the origin of it. First experience, do you remember? To, uh Monday. Monday. So, <laughs> doing yeah. it for this. All right. Yes. Uh, I had watched this film in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I watched it on 8585 because I remember certain scenes for sure. Okay. I hadn't gotcha. watched it in years, and I guess that goes to the play of the Forgotten Hood movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you told me when we were recording, like, hey, man, I don't really have a lot of notes for this film. Yeah. Um, and I know you well enough to know that means that you weren't really rocking with it. So nah. what was it about the film that didn't go over for you? Um, it, It's pretty much what I said, The the notion of – them keep doing it i didn't understand that and now especially with now you saying that they were supposed to be kids Mm -hmm. it kind of makes a little bit more sense but i didn't feel that way i felt like these were 17 18 year old especially like his mom was on him like damn like some of it was okay he lives in her house so that's why she's on his ass but Mm -hmm. if he's supposed to be 14 15 that makes a little bit more sense um it was choppy you know what I mean? Like it yeah. was the story went from this to that, and so it, it was it was tricky. So um, that that's it for me. You know, it's a lot of that. So 
Yeah, it's funny. We talked about it last week on Kingdom Come. Like sometimes you need one piece of information to make you look at a movie different. Yes, I know for you and Rachel last week, neither one of you knew it was originally a screenplay. Mm-hmm. I mean, excuse me, a stage play. Stage play, yep. Um, and that changed the whole idea of all right. Then some yeah. of this makes a little bit more sense. Yes. Um, like I said earlier, like you said just now, 14, 15 year olds. That makes a little bit mm-hmm. more sense. Um, and they specifically said that. I remember there was a story where they mentioned how. These kids are, they are supposed, we want to make it known. They are supposed to be 14, 15. Yeah. I think the article or the story I read had mentioned, these aren't, these aren't young men transitioning into adulthood. Right. Like these are kids. Yeah. Like yeah. that. So kids do stupid stuff all yeah, the absolutely. time. And that's so why. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. And it reminds yep. me of while we were talking about stealing cars, everybody knows how I feel about the wire. Yeah. Um, man, RIP to, uh, to Lewis Riddick, man. Passed away this past yeah. week. So it's crazy. But anybody knows how I feel about it. Season four, which is my favorite season, mm-hmm. has the kids in it, and one of the kids named Donut specializes in stealing, stealing cars. cars. And these are these are they're Cold. in eighth grade. Yeah. So when you have kids that are able to portray it, if they had a bunch of donuts running around, mm-hmm. I think it would have made sense. Like, look at these little knuckleheads just mm-hmm. getting into it all the time. Like yeah. these kids ain't got no sense. No sense, and um, that would make sense why they keep doing it. Yeah, okay. but it, I think one thing that's hard for this film is they, the actors were so old they couldn't even pass them off no. as 14 15 no. so even if you know that no. as a they could beat it as in your head viewer. in the first 10 yep. minutes mm-hmm. you're still looking at them like yo you still yo, you're just a young nigga on the block yeah, yeah that's what i that's how i that's how i figured it you yeah know? i can i can understand that what did you think what did you feel about the authenticity oh that was on point yeah um, I, I felt like i was there like yeah, i felt like i understood that, their story absolutely that that whole aspect was perfect but like i said it just goes back to that that age thing like i felt like these were grown men and I just didn't. Yeah, and, and then when the older brothers, they seem like old, even older than them. Like yeah. it, it was, it wasn't too good. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a hard story if you see a grown man just have this repeated cycle. Yes, it's like well, all right, what y'all on? Yeah. Um, so I can definitely understand that. Mm-hmm. Roger Ebert had said something interesting. Um, to go to your point about it being choppy, and it made perfect sense to me when I read it. He yeah. said, if the if the story feels aimless to you, it's because of the the characters. We're talking about aimless kids. These are yes. these are kids who have nothing in front of their life except for stealing cars. Yep. That's their only concern. Not mm-hmm. school, not anything else. Like we enjoy riot, and that's what we do. Like yep. I said earlier, Newark at one point was the quote unquote unofficial um car theft capital of the world. Mm-hmm. Like it was a big thing. Matter of fact, this film was partially made because of a story that the New York Times wrote. It might have been the Times, somebody wrote a story about all the carjackings that were going on. Right. And that's what piqued the interest of this story to begin with. Okay. Um, so I think of it as like a documentary style. And almost. That is, that's what it feels like. It feels uh, like yes, a documentary, sir. right? Yep. More than yep. a film. And I think yep. that's why I can rock with it. I'm a big fan of documentaries. Yes. Um, but I too am like you. When I did my first rewatch for this episode, mm-hmm. I called you when I told you. Because yep. for those who don't know, school and myself have a 30 minute rule. Yep. Any movie we watch, we're gonna give it at least 30 minutes. If you don't got us by 30, he had to tell me to go on, just hold on, brother. <laughs> I know school well enough to know, like, look, the first 20, you're gonna be because it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's choppy, it's aimless. Yeah. Like I said, but so are our characters. Yes. You know that what's the what's the goal? What's the point? Mm-hmm. And when you get to that first car, that car scene, the car race, not yeah. race, but excuse me, but the um them, them still in the car and running yep. from the cops. Mm-hmm. I think that's the first scene we're like, all right, then yeah. this has enough to keep me in. Yep. Um, but you are interested in the characters. But like I said, that documentary style, that grit that it kind of gives you, um, I thought that is what it, it might have been better off as a documentary. But I still sure. enjoy the film itself as it is. Uh, but, yeah, it explores that empty lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. where it takes you. It even and, and even with the whole, like, him doing three months, like, I'm mm-hmm. like how did he get three months? But if, like, you, if I would have known he was 14, yeah. damn, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and I think they said they, they – I think they – when the court scene – they were sending them to a boy's attention. Okay. Remember, the judge said something like, if this happens again, I'm going to send you here. You yeah. know what? You've heard stories about that place, right? Yeah. So yeah. that scare tactic, trying to get yes. them on the right path. Um, but yeah, you like I said, that empty empty lifestyle, the whole theme of the movie is get out while you can. Mm-hmm. Like, you're doing all yeah. of this, this repeated cycle. You're doing yeah. the same thing over and over. What do you think it's going to get you? Yep. It's almost like they're fighting this game or they're playing this game or fighting this battle knowing that they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. We just going to have fun with it while we can. I know one scene that stands out to me specifically is when they were on the rooftop and Mitchell yep. had the gun and shot down. Like mm-hmm. you don't do that as a rational same person. You do that as somebody like, look, they have the upper hand. Yep. We always going to lose. 
but I'm gonna have my fun and I'm gonna get off what I can yeah. while we're here. Yeah. Um, there was another line in the film where I think Jason, when he was getting interrogated right after I forget, man, I forget the guy's name who got shot by Roscoe when they stole his car and he shot him. Yeah, that started that kind of kicked everything off. Yes. Um, well, Jason, when he was getting interrogated, they asked him about, you know, did you see a cop shooting? And they had him the mm-hmm. lineup. Like, he said, like, what I'm gonna do? Come on, man, yeah, what I'm gonna do? It's a cop. Like, yeah, they gonna yeah. what they gonna do? Lock up a cop up for me? Mm-hmm. So they knew yeah. that the chips were stacked against them. Like, yeah. there was nothing they could really do. Um, and you saw within Jason as the movie progressed that the walls were just closing in. Yeah, like I got, I think, and you can probably relate to this as a viewer. I got tired. Yes. I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm tired of running too, bro. Like, y'all yeah. got to, there's got to well, be more. I wrote down, uh, I wrote this down. It's very important to watch it as it exposes how both the streets and the police can be corrupt. And it definitely teaches a lesson of choosing the right path to go down. Our wrong ones lead to serious consequences. Like, it has a lesson in it. Like, it's there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, shout out to Nick Gomez. Like, you did your thing as far as the lesson. Like, but if you could have hired some kid actors even just one the main character just would have been 14 you know what i mean like that could have helped a little bit more um yeah like so. think about it like think about a fresh had a grown man playing that role like you know yes. what I mean? it's kind of yes. like the same thing like you got to yeah. have certain actors to play yeah. these roles. i know that's a lot yes. different because that's one person yeah but if you're telling a kid's story it's hard not to have yeah you know you can get yeah. over them in time pieces like the wood all right yeah. Yeah. you can have some young actor it might have been 20 and we playing mm-hmm. 15 cool yep. i think melissa williams is like 24 playing <laughs> yeah um, in the wood, but at the same time, man, you just really have to have that realism. For as real as this movie is, yes, they just missed that mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't make them older, like we said, because then the movie really doesn't make sense. Because yep. y'all should know better. Because y'all should definitely know better. Yeah, if, to have it happen yeah. so many times. Yes, but I would have loved to see them explore the the whole criminal justice system. Oh yeah. Now that's a story you can tell with the actors as is. As is. And you can have yep. them being nineteen. Yep. You know what I'm saying? That's 18, true. 19, 20. Yep. And that's tell that. Um, so it's a shame that we didn't really get a full scope of that. Mm-hmm. Does it remind you of Juice at all? Has its the grittiness of it, the way it's shot a little bit, but that's about it. The story, no. The grittiness of it. Nah, the story itself doesn't, yeah, but definitely the grittiness of yeah. it. The young kids mm-hmm. coming of age. Be careful about who you hang with. Never learning the lesson. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> like that, it just kind of had a feel as far, yeah. especially like the one you, I, Jason's a lot like you to me. Yes. Where you have one that stands out as being smarter than mm-hmm. the rest. Like, you know what are you smart. doing here? Yes. Um, and they both kind of played it well. They weren't, they weren't super tough, but they weren't punks either. Yeah. Like yep. they knew how to stood up for themselves. They were really a product of their environment. Yes. They grew up in. Um, I said this line before in an episode, man, not one of Nas's lyrics. I would have been Ivy League if America played fair. Yes. You know, if they grew up somewhere in the suburbs, I had a you know the proper education, whatever the case may be. Who knows? You're looking at a whole different story yep. because you can see the potential in them. Yes. Um, so yeah, it did give me a couple of elements of that. Uh, Roger Ebert says something about it. He made a point, and I want to know what you think. He, he said he felt like specifically the cops and the kids. Mm. It wasn't necessarily racially toned mm-hmm. more than it was an us versus them mentality. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that in the film? Did you feel it was more race? Because, I mean, listen, they made every single cop in this movie white. Yes. And there was definitely a stereotype in the police brutality um, that was going on in the early, going on since forever. What am I about yeah. to say? But specifically after the Rodney King riots and all that, yes. did you feel I, the racial component or did you look at it as? I, I felt the racial component. But I think that's just me being a black man in America. Yeah. Like I just naturally, it's just it's just natural. Like that's how I see <laughs> the world. That's how I see cops. Like, <laughs> can't help it. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, Mike Epps has this joke on one of his stands up. He said talking about black people in the police. Yeah. Like we just always aware. We always mm-hmm. on the police around. Yeah. Like they go to police. Yeah, what you do? Police. Nothing. They go to police. They go to like, police. We yeah. ain't even do nothing. We just want to let you know that yep. the police right over there. Yep. And it's kind of that feeling. I felt that all the time. Every time they kind of looked over their shoulders and turned around 5-0 right there and yep. just know how to dodge them. It was like sport to them. Yes. Um, I agree with you. I, I There was definitely racial tones because mm-hmm. I'm a black man and I've dealt with police before, yep. um, especially the police. You saw what they was doing, man. Even even with the black cop when they was trying to figure out Jason's name and they all look the alike. black yep. they all look alike. It's always that one black cop that be on the same shit as the white cop. Like, man, 
Um, I do think that I don't think they lean into it. I don't think they no. intentionally tried to. Um, but it was. It could like, have been worse. I didn't. I didn't hear one cop say nigga. Like it was. Yeah. They tried to stay away from it. You now that you think about it, it was more of an annoyance. Uh, like yes. yo, like y'all are out here like stealing cars. Like think about how mm-hmm. many different cars they had in this film. I meant to actually write it down because yeah. I don't have the number. Right. Every single time they pulled up, it was a new whip. They Not new once whip. did they have the news the same car. Nope. So all that over and over, constantly being a cop in auto theft, yeah. trying to chase these dudes, and you know who doing it, yep. especially if you can't prove it, and they minors on top of that, so mm-hmm. we can't even send y'all all the way like you want to. Nope. Like there's an annoyance there, like bro, when I catch you, I'm whooping your ass. Yes. Yeah. When is your 18th birthday? <laughs> I don't even care. I'm whooping your young ass. You feel me? Like they did. They whooped Midget's ass. Yeah, man. Like there's enough. I said that's enough. That's what they was thinking. So I think they did. I, I kind of agree with his point as far as that us first them. Like this is our mm-hmm. turn and y'all trying to take it over. We're not right. Y'all not running shit over here. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, interesting. So school, I gotta ask you. I think I know your answer. Classic or not? Nah. It's okay. a nah for me. I think it's a classic. But I but I can see why somebody would say it is. I you know. I think it's a classic. I think it's definitely a film you had to be on early. Mm-hmm. You know, when it yeah. came out or maybe a little bit after, it's a movie you have to see, you know, a few times. But like I said, that authenticity, just that real. I feel yeah. like I'm in that world with them. Yeah. And like I said, even the emotions of it, just there's a point in the film where I'm like, man, I'm tired of it. Like, I'm tired. Like, I want you to do better, bro. Like if I was Jason's big brother or something, like, bro, yeah. what are you doing? Like, get mm-hmm. off the block. Um, and you can see it mounting up even the scenes where Jason realizing, like, y'all some crab friends, man. Yeah, like, I, I got friends. shot and y'all laughing. You mm-hmm. think it's funny? Like yeah. all that, so you you know it builds with you. It builds with you. Um, let's talk about best scenes. All right, I got I got a couple. All right, you want to start? Yes, sir. Um, the first scene I have is when they pull up to well, when um, Midget and Richie is that his name? Richie is the dude with a little the, the, front, Barry, the Barry Sanders for yes, the yeah. Barry Sanders for okay. So when they pull up in a stolen car, obviously pull up to his mom's house or to yeah to his mom's <laughs> house, and moms come out on that trash. Shout bro. out to Aunt Kim. Hey, I know she hey, she would have handled the same way. Going, bro. Mom's threatened first. She threatened to call the police. Then, then my favorite part is Jason trying to. I'm a man. I'm gonna be tough. Man, go in the house, mom. Like we we talking. We. Man, she slapped the shit out that man. Hey man, he said straight hey. up. After a couple of times, he looked at her straight up and said, "Hold on, man, yeah, y'all ain't fucking going anywhere." Hey. <laughs> <laughs> he looked at her. What's the matter with you? <laughs> slap, Why you tripping? Yeah, yeah. slap fire out that kid. Fire at him. Mm-hmm. She wasn't going. Hey, that man says you need to be with this. Don't be worried about uh, Reggie. What's yeah. his name? Uh, Rock. I can't remember the dude. Roscoe. Roscoe. Yeah. Roscoe. Yeah. Don't worry about Roscoe. Roscoe. You need to be worried about moms. Yeah, yeah. You need to be worried about moms mm-hmm. and just them getting weak. Like they had no yes. regard. You can tell. We saw Midget's lifestyle. He was living with his grandma. Yep. So she didn't have no leash on him. No. He was doing whatever he wanted to. Yes. Um, his brother's in and out, in of, jail. And out of jail. So you mm-hmm. kind of see his future right there. Yes. Um, and I'm sure it's the same for Richie and everybody else. That I think Jason was probably the only one that had somebody who a cared decent, for him at home. Decent parents. You know, yeah. and now when I say care, I don't even mean for lack of not wanting to, for lack of like capacity. Yeah. Some of them parents are probably working a couple different jobs and make it, they don't have the time necessarily to make sure that you stand out of trouble Absolutely. and you off the streets. Yep. So that was one big thing that I noticed, but they was getting weak. And like I said, she ain't going, she wasn't going. Nope. But yeah, that you, y- y'all ain't going nowhere. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? Yeah, well, you crazy? <laughs> like she didn't hesitate. I got that scene down as well. Um, let me start with the opening. Okay. Just everyone on the strip, just cooling. It looked yeah. like a, it could have been any day of the week. But Friday night, just mm-hmm. cars pulling by, everybody hopping out the window. What's yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, what's up, Shorty? Da, 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 da. Yes. Only reason I had that is because it reminds me of, if you're from Cincinnati, it reminds me of Short Vine. Okay. By UC's campus. Not mm-hmm. the new shit. Not that new yeah. shit. I'm talking about the old Short Vine. Yeah. Back when the Foot Locker and the Kroger was yeah. right there in that old building. Yes, sir. And all, all the parking spaces was diagonal. Yes, sir. That's Short Vine. Mm-hmm. Like, when you can just pull up on a Friday night and just hang outside on the car and just anybody pull up. You know people, you just talk your shit. All hey, that. side note, my first day, I worked for Foot Locker. Shout out to my brother right here, got me a job at Foot Locker. <laughs> my first day, they sent me to Short Vine, and it just got robbed. That was my first shift at Foot Locker, bro. Yeah, that shit was crazy. Yeah, and I meant to say this for real. Like, this movie, this movie, for real, for real, I meant to say this at the beginning. This movie was for kids that was outside. Yes. 
There it is. This movie is for the kids that was outside. Mm-hmm. If you were outside and you lived that, I'm not even saying live that life. Yeah. But if you've experienced it, mm-hmm. um, if you've seen it secondhand or been outside when shit went down, this is who this film was for. Yes. Um, you know, The Wire has a theme of porch kids or stoop mm-hmm. kids and street kids, corner yeah. kids. Yes. And sometimes those worlds can mix. You can be a stoop mm-hmm. kid and just kind of be outside for a day or two and just see what's going on. Yep. Oh, that ain't for me. And just yep. bounce. Get your ass right back on that porch. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if you were outside and, and saw any of this stuff, this film resonates a little bit more. Because like you said, that that opening scene reminded me of Short Vine. Yes. It's the same scene, same type of everything. Yeah. And it just brings back some nostalgia, which goes back to what I said earlier as far as a classic. If you saw this back when it came out, or you saw this in the early 2000s, you probably have a nostalgic hold of it. Right. Um, and it means a lot more to somebody who just saw it recently. Yeah, makes so sense. I can definitely say that. Um, what's another scene you got? Um, another scene I have is the police carjacking. They <laughs> they were sick of playing games with the police. Like it was that it was to the point where they just were like, We know we ain't gonna get away with this shit, but we gotta do something. Yeah. And they went and jacked that police car. And the best part is when they pulled over the white kids. Oh, like, absolutely. And if I was to steal a police car, I'd be on the same shit. I'm getting behind cars, pretending like I'm pulling them over, hitting the light, woo, 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 all that shit. Then I'm finding <laughs> Dumbass, whoever I can find that's on some dumb shit. And they found the perfect victims. Uh, you have the right to be stupid ass geek motherfuckers. <laughs> Reach for the sky, bucko, with that with that yeah. typical white voice. Hey man, that yeah, shit you was, guys are in a heap of trouble. Guys, you guys in a heap of trouble. Hey, that shit was that shit was classic. That that's was my favorite scene in this movie. Hilarious, um, man. Yeah, for sure. Hilarious. <laughs> I would have been on the same trash, them messing with them, and just uh them riding by after doing like yeah. just getting weak, like yes. you stupid motherfuckers. Yep. I would have been, I don't know if they were equally pissed and happy, relieved that yeah. they weren't real cops. Yes, yes. Um, but man, I'd have been hot. Like, I don't and side note, think about the not to even turn this into that type of shit, but that privilege of being white. They were they had beers, they was wet, they had no troubles in the world, and, and they was doing some illegal ass shit. Mm-hmm. They had beers, too many people in the car, niggas riding in the back. Like, if they would have been black. Man, stop it. <laughs> yeah, nah, without question, man. Without question. But that is easily one of my favorite scenes. Yes. It was funniest, the funniest scene in the film for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. I got that down. Only thing would have made that scene better is if Tiny Tiny Tim, what was his name? I know it's Donald Faison, but if he if was his, in there, his character was in there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Um, not a real scene. I just want to mention leaving your shorty to go hang with the fellas. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened with uh I think Kareen earlier in the yeah, film. Kareen, man. Your girl always knowing, like, what you doing with them? They gonna get you in trouble. Like, mm-hmm. lady always know best, man. Just yep. Keep you a good woman around you, yeah, for sure. Uh, but the scene I really want is that first car chase. I mentioned it earlier. Just yeah. great action and great filmmaking. Yes, um, it came within that first thirty minutes. I think around 22, 26 yep. minutes that's or something I like was that. Like, all right, and that's the one that, like, if you aren't all the way hooked, like, you want to be in. Like, what are these kids wild and reckless mm-hmm. driving? Like, they getting out, <laughs> and it's kind of impressive on the on a low key, like. The way y'all can maneuver and get out and make sure y'all navigate these streets, no crashes other than a you know nobody knows tiny. the streets like we do. Like if you live these streets, even the cops, they think they know the streets, but they don't know them like them young boys know the streets, bro. Wow, they outside all yes, day. You see all that all day. Like, yep. like, I know it's a popular phrase now. We outside, but nah, you saw through this whole they was outside yep. pulling up. Anytime anybody you wanted to see, you know exactly what <laughs> yep. spot, like what block. Yep. This before cell phones, maybe a pager, but come on, dude. I know where he at. Oh, he's gonna be over there on yeah, Take your ass back to Avon. Yep. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yep. we know where you at, where you hang, all that. All like, that. Yep. If I need to run down on you, I know where to find you. Absolutely. And if you're not here, think about that. If you're not outside, then we know something's up. Yeah, something ain't right. Yeah, because don't nobody mm-hmm. hide. Mm-hmm. You come outside. Nope. And if you outside, you really either you locked up somewhere, mm-hmm. mom might have a grip on you and you yeah. can't leave. Yeah. Or you really in some shit and you hiding from somebody. Facts. And you don't want to bring that to mama's crib. That's nah, what this not at all. Uh, but yeah, just great action, great filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Um, any other scenes you got? What you got? Uh, I got step step pops with the talk, man. Mm-hmm. Um, for mm-hmm. anybody that knows about just having a step pops and I, it's not in the movie, but I I know that there was a scene of the moms hitting the pops with it because you saw it a little bit when Sus was talking about I want to I want to go outside I want to go to the store you know blah 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 but step pops hit her with it like man you gotta chill on them da 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 so finally he built up the courage like I'm about to I'm about to say something to yeah. him you know I'm the man of this house and you gotta chill out and 
he did exactly what any 14 now i know this he's yeah. 14 15 year old man with our young man would do like dude ain't my that. pops i don't need you for that like you probably been here two three years nah i'm good dude that's this my life <laughs> like oh. beat it <laughs> oh that scene had one of my favorite quotes in the film <laughs> what? you know you don't have to worry about that right <laughs> not even if it was your business <laughs> Hey, straight up with the straight face, like you straight know, you up. ain't got to worry about it. not even if it was not your business, you don't got to worry. Was your like, business. Yeah, one of my, straight yeah, up. that's like you said, man. Just mm -hmm. that he's trying to do the right thing and step yeah. up. We see that he's not like some because those stepdad roles in these movies like this go one or two ways. Yep. You either got a real honorable working class dude that cares about the mom or a piece it, of shit, piece of shit that's kind of free <laughs> you know, We We had earlier, I think, uh, Stacy was the sister's name. Yes. She had mentioned, like, you see that ring he bought her. Mm -hmm. like, so we, he was trying to do the right yes. thing and he tried to step up and say what he could, but he also Absolutely. knew he's been a 14 year old kid before. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I'm not his real dad. Like, he he gone. Well, he, he, did, he did what he could do, man. Shout out to him for that. Man. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I got Tiny Dude's funeral. Mm -hmm. Just because Richie was in there wild. Yeah, Richie was fooling, bro. And I think everybody knows someone like Richie who mm -hmm. just doesn't have that filter, the filter or awareness to read the room, mm -hmm. and who also stands strong in what they're saying. Like in Richie's head, like I'm not saying nothing wrong. Not, I'm saying mm -hmm. what everybody was thinking. Like mm -hmm. we know Tiny D. That did not look like that Tiny. Look like I'm Tiny just D. saying he looked like he got fucked up. That's mm -hmm. all I'm saying. And even when everybody says, "Come on, yo, it's family out here." What? I ain't say. I'm just saying. Yep. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. It was. It was. It's not funny, especially if you in that moment. Right. But it's funny as a viewer, like yeah. bro, like because you know a Richie, like bro, yep. chill, chill, like, bro. We can talk about this later. Yeah, anytime, yep. man. Yeah. So Richie was out there wilding. Um, the next one I got is uh, when the cops whooped midget ass and left him for dead, man. Um, <laughs> the best part. It ain't it's fucked up, but when I, Officer Roscoe pull up, he talking about y'all say something for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fucked up. Yeah, but once again, now that I know that they 15, it makes sense. Like we ain't even gonna waste our time trying to lock you up. We know you you ain't gonna get shit for three months. We're gonna whoop your ass and we'll see your ass again. We ain't, trying to, do this paperwork. We ain't trying to do none of this paperwork. So fuck it. We're gonna whoop your and it was what 10 of them. Yeah, they whooped his ass, whooping. bro. You could tell when he turned the corner. I was first, mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, damn, man, them Tim's and got you, midget. <laughs> he was struggling. And they turned like the way they toss him and kind of like still up. was sliding. Like, oh, yeah, they about to whoop his they ass. Fuck him up, bro. Yeah, but my man's got up and got him a uh, cold one. <laughs> yeah, he found one, man. He needed that. That was a blessing, man. <laughs> That's what I put. Yeah, that was a blessing, bro. <laughs> that 40 was a blessing for yeah, my man. He, he dust that bitch like, Hold off. on, man, for real? <laughs> pour some out for the homies and was on about his business. Hey, he had to pour some out for the homies, man. But yeah, and it's crazy <laughs> that that's finding this is the life they live, man. Mm -hmm. Finding of unopened 40 ounce on the street is a that's a gift. Yeah. Those are the moments you kind of live for. Yeah. Straight small up. things, man. Mm -hmm. Those are those small dubs that you get because ain't nothing easy. Ain't nothing yeah. given to them out there. Because we'll say this. At, even if these cats was 18, 19, they easily could have walked in the bodega and bought a, bought a 40. Like, yeah. that, we see that from menace to society. Like, them niggas could have walked in at any moment and got them a 40. But it's a little bit shakier at 14. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, yeah, that was a blessing, man. <laughs> yeah, without question. Without question. <laughs> Oh, um, I talked about the crab friends. Mm -hmm. Another scene that I have is the scene with uh, Midget and Jason when they were at uh, Midget's house. Why are you going to school? He saw the auto book. Like, why yeah. are you going to school? Just because we've been talking about it, like that that endless cycle and that aimless mm -hmm. um, lifestyle. Here you have Jason, who we've already um, determined is like the smart one out the crew. Yep. Got something going for him. Has a little bit of a future. Midget tells him the story of, you know, I saw this white dude, old white dude driving a Lexus. Like, he don't even deserve that car. Nope. Like, I know more about that car than that old man. Mm -hmm. That's, it goes right hand in hand with, like, look, man, this is, look at the hands we was dealt. Look at how we live and look at the environment we have. Like, we don't deserve none of this. Like, what makes that person so much better that they mm -hmm. get all of this? Mm -hmm. You know, here I am doing, knowing the real knowledge, really would appreciate it, and I don't have any access to that. Yep. Um, that's who you're going to be working for. That's mm -hmm. what he told him. That's who you're going to be working for. Yep. Someone who's making mad loot off your sweat and your knowledge. Yep. Unfortunately, that is a real thing. Like that is a real mentality. That's why you have a lot of entrepreneurs because they're like, I'm not working for somebody else. Absolutely. Especially somebody I'm smarter than. Yep. 
nah, I'm gonna make my own bread. It's just hard to start a business, and people aren't consistent enough or disciplined enough. So yeah, he you just, know, check he, out. he gonna be uh, helping that 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 man get a, a a newer Lexus every year is what is what Midget was basically saying. Mm-hmm. Like you about to help him every year upgrade his Lexus. <laughs> yeah. And on the opposite side, what's Midget's alternate? Alternative, like you know what I mean? He doesn't, he hasn't carved out any, he doesn't see anything bigger than the block. Nope. You know what I mean? There's not even, I don't even know if there's an admiration or a vision to go to New York City or do something else. So, what would you want to do with your life? He doesn't have one. Stealing cars is my life. That's all I want to do. That's all I can see. I don't want to see anything past that. The only thing it seems that he really cared about was his grandmother. Um, when he was feeding her, he made a line of, I don't want to lose you either. Like, I can't lose you either. You know, because that's that that seemed about it. And we, you know, going into my next scene. Um, it's probably the only real love he has in his yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Um, besides him shooting at that cop. Um, but the other scene I have is him still in, still in that car in broad daylight. You can tell after that the Lexus the Lexus after the scene you're talking about he was desperate he was he was at his breaking point to a sense like to steal a Lexus in broad daylight it's 20 plus people outside like yo mm-hmm. bro and to not give his man's a warning or nothing like man I'm getting this I'm taking this mm-hmm. it's it's I don't care it is what it is bro he hopped right out he ain't tell them get in the front seat none of that he took that Lexus and was out I'm gone. So yep. sheesh. It goes back to everything I just said in the scene. Like that that meant that was that was symbol that symbolized something to him. Yeah. That Lexus. Like yep. that's mm-hmm. something they told me I can't have. Yep. So I'm about to take it. I should have took the first one. Yep. I didn't. So I'm definitely, definitely taking, taking this, one. this one. You saw yep. it on the look on his face. Like mm-hmm. you see that? And the dude on the phone could see it. Like he was on his phone and looked and he could tell, like, this dude's eyeing me. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I want that. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to get it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want it and I'm getting it. <laughs> and I'm getting it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you got any other scenes? That's it. That's it. The last scene that I have written down is the looks like the house is quiet mm. at the end of the film. So at the very beginning, this is in my favorite quotes, but he talked about uh, when I say he, I mean, Jason, Jason talked about how his mom wanted, she wanted to live a peaceful life. Yes. She wanted someone that was quiet. That's all she wanted. She didn't care about cars, big house, none of that. She just wanted a peaceful, quiet life. Mm-hmm. And at the very end of the film, I just like how it came full circle. Like, I guess the house is quiet now. This is after Midget yeah. passed. Um, you know, you got pretty much the whole crew was going. Yep. And he says in the narration, like, you look up and down the block and it's like we were never there. Yep. You know, we were just trying to make our mark on the world. Mm-hmm. And that is the theme of this movie. Like, we are trying to make our mark. We're trying to make an impact. But the things we're doing doesn't even matter. Nope. Kind of ties in with the hospital scene early on. I can't remember the character's name that got shot. But remember they were in there, they went to go visit him? Yes. And they were telling him, you know you made the news, right? Yeah. He's laid up. And think about it. This is all they do. They want the cred. Like yep. It's a big deal to make the news back in the day. Like, yeah, yep. you made the paper, you made the news. news. You famous, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, and he was laid up like, man, I don't even care about none of that. Man. I just want to get up out of here. Yep. So it's one thing to have those admirations. And when you get it and when you really messed up, like it's like, yo, bro, this shit's stupid. This shit's stupid. The same way mm-hmm. I'm sure with, uh, with D. Yeah. Bro. Not D. Uh, his D was his second name, but uh, Tiny, Tiny, Tiny D. Yeah, I'm sure it was the same way with him. Like uh, he did not want to die. No, you feel me? Like he no. had a whole life in front of him. Yep. He didn't even get it started. But that was gonna happen sooner or later. Mm-hmm. It was gonna happen sooner or later. Yep. And that is the thing. We're trying to make our mark in the world, but at the same time, we're not doing any of it. We're not doing any of that. So. No. Man, it is sad. It's a sad story, but it does show the idea of look. If you can get out, get out. Get out, Jason. You got an opportunity. You got something to do with your life. Get out. Yep. There's nothing here for you. Yeah. Uh, you see what we doing. And, and the best thing, another good theme of this movie, um, for me at least, is no one loves you like your mom, man. Oh, yeah, no one is going to give up on. If anyone ain't gonna give up on you, it's your moms, man. Mm-hmm. Like because. And and them being young, like especially them being young, like I'm like, damn, when she came to visit, she was chipper. Like she she made him feel like when you get out of here, you know, we starting over, the world's gonna be, you know. But if that was if he was 21, that could have been a different story. I'm done with you, you know. Don't I ain't coming to see you. Yeah, you, done, you done you done you done picked your life. I'm good on that. Mm-hmm. But it's still time. There's still time for you to fix this. So shout out to moms. And she's yes. she's my scene stealer. Well, she had a moment where she said that 
you know, this isn't how I envision my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mom's love, man, is second to none. Mm-hmm. Second to none. She was incredible in this film. Yeah. Um, I did have one more scene I forgot. The heavy D scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, just because it was funny. And that is what happens when you got a grown man mm-hmm. really making moves on his block. Yep. Like, I'm out here making money. Mm-hmm. The last thing I need is heat over here. Heat. Yes. Hey, y'all dumb knuckleheads are. You know, you yep. spotted it right away. That's your brother. Mm-hmm. Spotted right away, walked up on him, man. Take that shit back to Avon Street, you little yeah. dumb motherfuckers. Yep. Like, the whole nine. Like, he checked him. Mm-hmm. Um, told him to get up out of there with all that. And I'm in it. Like, uh, you still around. I promise you, I'll up the heat on y'all. And it'd be really be some problems. <laughs> so I did enjoy that scene as well. Yeah. Um, Best quotes. What you got? Um... When uh, Jason Petty said, there's always that one cop who cares a little bit too much. Um, Nigga, you worried about Roscoe. You need to be worried about your moms. Um, uh, You know, they shot that kid for no reason. His moms. Oh, you you need a reason to get shot nowadays, Jason. I don't think so. Um, Officer ring a bell. Nah, they all look the same to me. Um, when moms pulled up the second, the last time she pulled up on Midget and Jason and she was leaving, he said, she need to get that oil checked. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and when Jesse, the brother of Midget was searching in his, in his bag, looking for his scissors, <laughs> nigga said, you calling me a liar, black man? <laughs> that was dope too. So that, they're my quotes, man. I got you. Um, I already <laughs> mentioned at the beginning of the film, the narration about wanting to live in peace. I felt that. Come on, man, what they gonna do? Put a cop in jail for me? Mm-hmm. You know what? You don't have to worry about that, right? Not even if it was your business. I mentioned all three of those. Um, of course, one of the funniest lines in the movie What's your name? D's, D's what? D's nuts. nuts. Spell N U T, actually spelling it out for him. <laughs> um, that cop that he was talking to actually played Father Phil in The Sopranos. Mm, Just a little okay. random fact for y'all. Yep. Um, hey, look who it is, my little man. That line, <laughs> for some reason, had me weak because Roscoe had a punchable face. Like they picked the perfect mm-hmm. antagonist cop. Like if you were gonna pick yes. a, a white cop that was gonna be picking on black kids, you pick somebody that looks like him because mm-hmm. he just something about his face, his smile. You just want to put your fist through it. Yep. Um, and I don't know why I get weak every time when he sees him on that bench. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah, look who it is, my little man. man. Yep. Even when he pulled up on him outside and said, "What's going on, little brother?" Yeah. Like, he's just that asshole condescending. Like, bro, get out with here. them little racial undertones, the yeah. little cool slang. Oh, I know the slang. Yeah. Yeah, man. Why don't you get a job, motherfucker? Be all you can be. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, reach for the sky, bucko. Reach for the sky, well. bucko. Yeah. Definitely. Sam Stiller, you said it was Gwen McGee. Gwen McGee. I got Andre Moore as Richie. Gwen McGee was my second. Okay. But Andre okay. Moore, just because Richie is a character that's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, from everything we see, you know, obviously they run in the same circle. He's tighter with Midget than he is Jason, but yeah. we see them doing dirt together, stealing cars together. Um, obviously, he had Jackie out on the block. Jason mm-hmm. wasn't with that. They got in that mm-hmm. fight. He got the shooting at him. Yeah, he's got the shooting at him. But he's mm-hmm. a character that I would just love to know more about what is your upbringing? What's your home life? Like, yeah. what's going on with you? Because, like I said, we see he's kind of in his own world. He lives mm-hmm. by his own rules. And I'm always fascinated by characters like that. Okay. Um, but definitely Gwen McGee is... Uh, Renee Petty. Renee Petty, man. Yeah. She was incredible in this film. Um, I believe everything about her and, her and the love that she had. Things that bother you, I've already mentioned mine. These actors are not passing for yep. 14, 15, 16. That's, that's me. Did you have anything? Nah, that's about it. Um, I would have liked to known that. That maybe I would feel different, you know. Yeah, they implicated at it, but yeah. it wasn't direct. Yeah, yeah. Um, cultural moments, the whole movie. Whole like movie. I said, this whole movie was yes. authentic. I can mm-hmm. oh man, that just feels like mid nineties Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Mid nineties any ghetto USA is uh, I'm going to get you sucker puts. <laughs> it just feels it's so authentic and so real. Like Absolutely. I said, it's almost like a documentary. So mm-hmm. the whole film is a cultural moment. Any actors from The Wire? What? I'm asking you. Is it? Were No. Two actors from The Wire in this film. You know what I mean? Two actors in The Wire. Stop playing. Yep. Go ahead. Michael Hyatt. Mm-hmm. She's in the background of the funeral scene. So when the mom comes out, when Tiny's mom comes out, and slaps midget. Yes. Pretty much blaming her for blaming him for the son's death. Yeah. The woman behind her, I'm supposed to this her family of some sort. That is Michael Hyatt. She plays Brianna Barksdale on the wire. This um, guy. As of right now, you guys probably know her as Sissy on Snowfall. Yes. Yep. Um, but yeah, absolutely. She was there. 
This one, I'm really impressed with myself. This is Go no ahead. research. This is me just watching the film over okay. and just like, oh, snap, that's him. Um, the guy who got his Lexus stolen by Midget in the parking lot. Okay. That's Doug O'Lear. Special wow. agent Terrence Fitzhugh in The Wire. So if you guys remember, guy. that's the fed guy that McNulty would always go to if yep. he needed some kind of special equipment, yep. stuff like uh-huh. that. Same actor. Same actor. So we had two from The Wire in this. Mm-hmm. Soundtrack. Soundtrack was dope. Especially dope. like mid 90s hip-hop. Right Red Man, Queen Latifah. Man. Big. Dope. Yes. Total. Yes. Um, Outcast, Heavy D, Keith Murray, MC8, Coolio. Everybody. They had two different versions that came out, two volumes. But yeah. Volume one is the one that yeah, everybody went to. Yeah. So I mean, shout out to Queen. Like, that's Jersey. You got to mm-hmm. have the Red Man, like, all these Jersey acts. Um, yeah. Soundtrack was incredible. Like I said, another lost gem of the mid 90s. Yep. Uh, wouldn't let that happen to me. Anything? Uh, Midget's brother all in my bag looking for his scissors. Midget's brother would have whooped your ass. I don't care. I'm still not going. Midget brother would have whooped your ass. Not going. Okay. I respect <laughs> it. I respect you and your ass. <laughs> um, I just would have got out the game. I'd have been cool. Like, I, I've done enough. I'm at mm-hmm. home. I'm studying, man. I got class. Yeah. I'm see y'all, man. I'm done with this life. Being that young, yep. I'm, I'm going back to school, man. I ain't got nothing to do. He tried. Life. He tried. The metal detector was broke down, man. You yeah. couldn't get in. That would be... Imagine that, bro. I, I know we went to different school, but couldn't imagine... You having to go through a metal detector to get to school, and then it breaks down, and you can't go to school. They're like, "Nah, we don't trust you, niggas." So go home. And that's wild. That's insane. We'll talk about it more when we do say the last dance. Um, you got any trivia? Um, <laughs> yeah, I got a couple things. Um, this movie was released on the same day as the Oklahoma bombing. Um, the scene where Midget is in the police chase in the van with cronies that leave him and another woman dead is loosely based on an accident that happened in 91 in New Jersey with seven youths inside a police chase, just like the 91 incident with a starter gun inside the van. Midget also had a starter gun starting in the middle of the film. Um, the phrase, you know what I'm saying is used more times in this movie than any other movie ever. And majority of these, these people that were in this movie were in New York undercover. So that's yeah. what I got. Pretty much everything I had as well, other than what I mentioned as far as the origin of the film. So with that being said, I think we broke down everything to the best of our ability. Um, I do think it is a great film, especially if you look at it for what it is and you yeah. want something that's real and authentic. If you enjoy hood films, which I tend to kind of get away from. I've seen all of them plenty of times. Yeah. Living real life is enough. Um, but there are still some good, you know, I want to say masterpieces out there as far as the hood films. Yeah. Um, you could put this in that category as far as like I said, the raw, the rawness, the authenticity. Absolutely. Um, you know, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. So hopefully this brings some light to New Jersey Drive. It yeah. doesn't get mentioned enough. It's one of those ones where a lot of people probably haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but give it a shot if you haven't. Yeah. You know, uh, we appreciate y'all checking us out. We're gonna end it with this too high, too low, just right. Average viewer rates this film 6.6 out of 10. School too high, too low, just right. Uh, I'm gonna say it's too high. I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go 5.5. Ooh, yeah, nah, that's too low. I'm going seven. Oh, I'm going seven out of 10. Okay, 5.5 is real low. I thought you were at least gonna say six, even for the realness. I think the authenticity alone is a six, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just me. Um, but we appreciate y'all checking us out. Yes, Thank sir. you for tuning in. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, like, all of that. Follow us on Instagram, the Culture Garden Podcast. Our link tree is available in there, so you have access to all our feeds. Yes, yes. Once again, we are going to be off next week. So, like I said, we'll post on our social media page. We'll drop some links to some old episodes. But other than, other than that, we'll see y'all at the top of April. Y'all be cool. Y'all be cool. Peace. We out.